Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 117 of The Informed Catholic, episode 117. So um, let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So before we begin our article, it's an article uh, from Church Militant. Um, Actually, it's something written by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. And it's one, I think, that we, um, uh, it's really um, a serious one. I think it's important. It's from April 21st, 2021. And uh, first I want to read the gospel, um, some passages that I think is important. And I'm going to read um, Mondays, Tuesdays, and today, Wednesday. Um, the gospel passage alone, which is from John's gospel, chapter six. So, um, reading from the Holy gospel, according to John, starting from chapter six, verse 22, this is from the missal. After Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had eaten the bread when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, They themselves got into the boat and came to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. And when they had found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you. You are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. All right. That one is from Monday. So people focused on the fact that they were filled materially. 
They only focus on the fact that they were fed, that their appetites were um, taken care of for that particular day. But they have not, they're not looking for him because they believe in him. They know he performed a miracle, but they were lacking in faith. And that's true for some people. All right. Some people will look for miracles, but they will never question the meaning of that miracle. They will never question the grace that comes from that miracle. They will, that once the miracle, once they got what they want, they don't believe because they're only thinking in a materialistic way. They're only seeing this miracle at the moment because they're physical need has been fulfilled. Either they got their sight back or they got healed from some terrible disease and they're not thinking beyond the physical world. They're not thinking of the meaning. Why was this miracle performed? Why was it given to me? Is God speaking to me? Is God saying something to me? Is God calling me? What if I might get sick again? Remember what Jesus said to the man at the pool. Once he was given the gift of walking again. What happened? Jesus saw him in the temple and said, you are well. Be sure that you do not sin again or a worse uh, ailment or punishment may come upon you. So yes, there's a possibility that certain ailments for certain people, not because everyone is the same, not that God punishes everyone, but some people because they live a reckless life, because they did something terrible. We don't know. It's not for us to judge. Only God can make that judgment. You know, I mean, I'm overweight. There's always a, there's a possibility I could come back down with diabetes. God forbid. I don't want that. But I know I have certain um, vices, which is overeating, indulgence, the sin. I have to take care of that. I have to address it. I pray about it for the grace that I could overcome it. You know, some people like to drink. Some other people may have other worse sins, you know, um, like porn, going to prostitutes, things like that. And then something happens like a sexual transmitted disease. And then maybe they're not addressing. Maybe I should, I should change my life. Maybe God sends you a few messages here and there to address the situation you know, to repent and change your way of living and maybe look, maybe, and if God has given you a miracle, you should ask yourself, is he saying something more to me? All right. So let's go to, um, the next one. This is now, uh, John's gospel for Tuesday, chapter six, verse 30 to 35. The crowd said to Jesus, what sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? 
our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Okay, so now we get to this part here. They want a sign, as always, a sign. But uh, what are their question? Is it in faith or is it in doubt? Are they seeking the answer in a sincere way? Are they seeking an answer to their question in a sincere way? Are they asking this question in a sincere pursuit of faith? No, they're not. Because we're going we're gonna to learn what he, the answer he gives them is not what they want. They believe that Moses fed them. Jesus is answering them. You think Moses gave you the bread like if Moses was a wizard. Or a sorcerer like a Gandalf. He's not. It is God who performed the miracle and gave them the manna. But it, it it's a temporary substance. It was a temporary substance. It wasn't. Um, it didn't convert the Israelites to faith. And a lot of people, they look at the Eucharist in a um, manner that is, I think, uh, lacking of faith, not believing in the real presence as we're going to see, because Jesus himself answers them. I am the bread of life who, you know, whoever comes to me will never hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Notice the answer. All right. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. He's not talking about physical substance. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about eternal salvation. Yes, he's calling himself the bread of life. He's, he's offering himself. He is sacrificing himself to us. The Eucharist is God giving himself to us to transform us and make us holy. All right, there are some people, I've said it before, I believe a lot of these clerics now in the church, we're going to learn from the article, don't, um, don't really believe. They think that they, their position in the church, their holding the authority is like um, controlling God, like they're controlling a vehicle, like, you know, driving a car or controlling... Um, God, like they're controlling the software, like they're programming God. This is why a lot of them um, really don't focus on spiritual things. They can't handle theological, spiritual things. They're not in pursuit of that. They are, they're, they're very materially. They focus on their sexual carnal pleasures. They're trying to alleviate their conscience, uh, their homosexuality, their sinful ways of thinking. 
this is how they think. This is why they treat the Eucharist badly. This is why they don't, they don't, uh, their ma- the mass is not reverent. It's a legitimate mass. It's a legitimate liturgy, but it's not very reverent. It's not, they can't handle, they can't handle that. It's very passive. It's a very passive liturgy. It's more human centered and it's not Christ centered. It's not God centered. It's not, it's not Trinitine centered. It's human centered. All right, let's move on to Wednesday. Okay. John chapter six, verse 35 to 40. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger and whoever believes in me will never thirst. But I told you that although you have seen me, you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gives me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. There. Now, I am the bread of life, he says to the crowd. Whoever comes to me will not hunger. Whoever believes in me will not thirst. But I told you that although you have seen me, you do not believe. So you see, They see him, they hear him, they do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gives me, but that I should raise it on the last day, for this is the will of my Father." that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have eternal life. And I shall raise Him on the last day. So, now, the problem with a lot of the modernists, and what we mean by modernists, is that they, not it's an attack against modernism or modern technology or, you know, modern um, living. But it's, the idea is, they take the gospel and they take the faith, they take the Christian faith, they take the Catholic faith, and they reduce it to a man-centered religion that is not God-centered. It is a man-centered religion. It is a celebration of man and not the celebration of the Son of God. It does not require one to convert by changing one's way of life. To come to Jesus in the Eucharist, to receive our Lord's body, blood, and soul, and divinity, requires a complete conversion of our own life. To reject the old life and to pursue Christ in the new life and in new transformation. That means to reject the earthly life. Not to hate life, the physical world, because God did create the physical world, but to hate the sinful one, the part that affects the soul. 
How you live your life, how you worship, affects the way you think and believe. The modernist is not requesting, not requiring or demanding a transformation from sin. It's actually what it does is it brings Christ down and reinterprets and reimagines him for this, uh, without his divinity. It, it's conformed to your way of life. Not you transforming from your old life and becoming a new creature in Christ, a new, a new, a new creation. No, no. As a matter of fact, there is no heaven. Heaven to them is just the physical world. That's all it is. All right. So I read this. Now we're going to go to the article. All right. So Archbishop Vigano, Declaration on Fifth International Vatican Conference by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, churchmilitant.com, April 21st, 2021. Vatican pushing globalist propaganda. All right, so. From May 6 to 8, 2021, the Fifth International Vatican Conference will take place entitled uh, Exploring the Mind, Body, and Soul. Unite to Prevent and Unite to Cure, a global health care initiative. How innovation and novel, de novel delivery systems improve human health. The event is being hosted by Pontifical Council for Culture, the Curia Foundation, the Science and Faith Foundation, and STEM for Life. Hmm. Michael Haynes of LifeSite News has reported, and we'll look at that article, uh, another time on the topics to be addressed and the participants, including the infamous Anthony Fauci, ah, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And there's his photo right there next to Chelsea Clinton, whose scandalous conflicts of interest did not prevent him from taking over the management of the pandemic in the United States. Chelsea Clinton, a follower of the Church of Satan and staunch abortion advocate, the New Age guru Deepak Deepak Chopra, uh, his his photos right here, uh, and Dame Jane Goodwill, Goodall, environmentalist and chimpanzee chimpanzee expert. That's who she is. Okay, the CEO of Pfizer and Moderna. CEOs of Pfizer and Moderna and the representatives of big tech and a whole slew of abortionists, Mal Maltazans, uh, thus worshippers of that, uh, and globalists known to the general pu public. The conference has recruited five prominent journalists to be moderators who are exclusively from left-wing media outlets such as CNN, MSNBC, CBS, and Forbes. Not looking good. The conference, along with the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, 
of Lynn Foster of D. Rothschilds, hmm, the Rothschilds, and the Global Compact on Education and the Interreligious Pantheon to be held in June in Astana, Kazakhstan. Interesting is the upteenth scandalous confirmation of disturbing departure of the current hierarchy, and in particular its highest Roman members from Catholic Orthodoxy. The Holy See has deliberately renounced the supernatural mission of the Church, making itself the servant of the New World Order and Masonic globalism. In an Antichrist counter-magisterium, the same Roman uh, diasterus occupied by people ideologically aligned with Jorge Maria Bergo Mario Begoglio, Jorge Mario Begoglio, and protected and promoted by him, now continue unrestrained in their implacable work of demolishing faith, morals, ecclesiastical discipline, and monastic and religious life in an effort as vain as it is unprecedented to transform the Bride of Christ into a philanthropic association enslaved to the strong powers. The result is the superimposition over the true church of a sect of heretical and depraved modernists who are intent on legitimizing adultery, sodomy, abortion, euthanasia, idolatry, and any perversion of the intellect and will. The true church is now eclipsed, denied, and discredited by her very pastors, betrayed, betrayed even by the one who occupies the highest throne. Wow. The fact that the deep church has managed to elect its own members so as to carry out this infernal plan in agreement with the deep state is no longer a mere uh, supposition, but a phenomenon which is now essential to ask questions about and shed light on the submission of the cathedra veritatis to the interest of the Masonic elite is manifesting itself in all its evidence in the def deafening silence and of the sacred pastors and the and in the be bewilderment of the people of God who have been abandoned to themselves. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. This is something I think we have to consider. There is a heretical priesthood now. I mean, yes, they are legitimate, legitimate priests. You can't be a heretic if you have not been a legitimate believer that you haven't that you don't hold you have to hold a legitimate office you know to be to be counter office a heretic is one who is in the faith and now is basically in opposition of the faith there is no way around it okay that's just the fact heresy is an ugly thing it's basically one who is knowingly um, opposing the truth Okay, knowingly and chooses to oppose the truth and try to believe that they can improve on it. <sighs> Unbelievable. Okay, let's continue. Further demonstration of this degenerate 
libido, libido servandi of the Vatican towards the globalist ideology is the choice of speakers to give the testimonials and lectures, supporters of abortion, of the use of fetal material in research of demogra uh, demographic decline, of the pansexual LGBT agenda, and last but not least, of the narrative of COVID and the so-called vaccines. Cardinal Ravazzi, the president of the Pontifical Council of Culture, is certainly one of the leading representatives of the deep church and modernist progress progressivism, as well as an advocate of dialogue with the infamous Masonic sect and the promoter of the famous courtyard of the Gentiles. It is therefore not surprising that included among the organizers of the event is the Stem for Life Foundation, which probably defines itself as a non-sectarian Nonpartisan, tax-exempt organization focused on creating a movement to accelerate development of cell therapies. It's not very good. On closer inspection, the secretarianism and partnership of the Vatican Conference are made ev evident by the topic it addresses, the conclusions it seeks to draw its participants and its sponsors. Even the image chosen to promote the conference is extremely eloquent. A close-up of Michelangelo's fresco of creation on the Sistine Chapel ceiling, in which the hand of God the Father reaches out towards the hand of Adam, but, we, but with both hands covered by disposable surgical gloves, recalling the regulations of the new health liturgy, and implying that even the Lord himself might spread the virus. In this sacrilegious representation, the order of creation is subverted into the therapeutic anti-creation in which man saves himself and becomes the mad author of his own health. Redemption instead of the purifying uh, of laver of baptism. The COVID religion proposes the vaccine, the bearer of disabilities and death, as the only means of salvation instead of faith in the revelation of God. We find superstition and the irrational assent to precepts that have nothing scientific about them, with rites and liturgies that mimic true religion in a sacrilegious parody. The choice of imagery has an apparent blasphemous ring to it because it uses a well-known evocative image to insinuate and promote a false and tenacious narrative that says that in the presence of seasonal flu, whose very, various very, uh, virus has, has still not been uh, isolated according to Koch's Postulates, uh, okay, uh, uh, postulates, and that can be effective cure of using existing treatments. It is necessary to administer vaccines that are admitted to be ineffective and are still in the experimental phase with uh, unknown side effects and whose producers have obtained a criminal shield of immunity for their distribution. The victims emulated on the altar of the health to Moloch from children 
dismembered into the third month of pregnancy in order to produce the gene serum to the thousands of people who have been killed or maimed. Do not stop the infernal machine of big firma. And this is to be feared that there, uh, this is to be feared that there will be a resurgence of the phenomena over the next few months. One wonders if Bergoglio's zeal for the dissemination of the gene serum is not also motivated by base economic reasons as compensation for the losses suffered by the Vatican and the diocese following the lockdown and the collapse of attendance by the faithful at Mass and, and the sacraments. On the other hand, if Rome's silence about the violation of human and religious rights in China has been paid for by the Beijing dictatorship, which with substantial <clears throat> uh, pre uh, prebends, nothing prevents the replication of the, of the scheme on a large scale in exchange for the Vatican's promotion of the vaccines. The conference will obviously take great care not to mention even indirectly the Pyrenean teachings of the Magisterium on moral and doctrinal questions and of the greatest importance. Conversely, the, psych the psychopathic praise of the worldly mentality and the, the psychopathic praise of the worldly mentality and prevailing ideology will be the only voice along with the amorphous ecumenical repertoire inspired by the new age <clears throat> now this is really this is really sad it's very sad it doesn't make me lose faith because christ christ is in control christ knew that all this was going to happen god knew god knows what's going to happen we have to remember that christ even said that trials will come that we, you know, I mean, we're being put to the test. And a lot of these men, we have to become saints. And the reason why there is sin is because there's lack of saints and there's no prayer. We have to pray. We have to pray and face this. All right, let's continue. I noted that in 2003, the same Pontifical Council for Culture condemned yoga meditation and more generally new age thought as being incompatible with the Catholic faith. According to the Vatican document, new age thought shares with a number of internationally influential gr groups of goal of superseding or transcending particular religions in order to create a space for the universal religion, which could unite humanity closely related to this is a very consorted effort on the part of man institu uh, institutions to, in, to invent a global ethic or an ethical framework which would reflect the global nature of contemporary culture, economics, and politics. Further, the politicization of the ecological questions, certainly colors of the whole questions of Gaia, hypothesis of worship of Mother Earth. Interesting. It goes without saying that the pagan ceremonies with which St. Peter's Basilica was profaned in honor of the Pakimama idol fit perfectly into the uh, politization of ecological questions denounced by the 2003 Vatican document in which today is instead promoted synclosia by the so-called Bergolian, Bergolian Magisterium beginning with 
Laudato Si and Fratelli Tui. At La, La Salat, Our Lady warned us, Rome will close, will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist. It will not be the Holy Church, indefectible by the promises of Christ, that will lose the faith. It will be the sect that occupies the sea, the Holy See, and most and the most blessed Peter, in which today we see propagating the anti-gospel of the New World Order. It is no longer possible to remain silent, because today our silence would make us accomplices of the enemies of God and the human race. Millions of faithful are disgusted by the countless scandal of the passage, by the beautiful... I'm sorry... Okay, disguised by countless scandals, the pastors by the uh, by the betrayal of their mission, by the desertion, the desertion of those who, by the holy orders, are called to bear witness to the holy gospel and not support the establishment of the kingdom of the antichrist. All right, so it is no longer possible to remain silent because today our silence would make us accomplices of the enemies of God and of the human race. Millions of faithful are disgusted by the countless scandals of the pastors, by the betrayal of their mission, by the desertion of those who by holy orders are called to bear witness to the Holy Gospel and not support the establishment of the kingdom of, Christ, of the Antichrist, the kingdom of the Antichrist. So he's saying it. These guys have deserted it. They have been seduced. All right, we're almost finished here. I beg my brothers in the Episcopate priests, Episcopate and priests, religious, and a particular way the faithful laity who see themselves being betrayed by the hierarchy to raise their voices so as to express with the spirit of true obedience to our Lord as head of the mystical body, a firm and courageous denunciation of, the, of this apostasy and its authors. I invite everyone to pray that the Divine Majesty may be moved to compassion and intervene in our aid. May the Most Holy Virgin, uh, Terabalus et Custodium Acius Odnente, intercede before the throne of God, compensating with her merits for the unworthiness of her children who invoke her with the glorious title of Exilium Christonium. This is by Carlo Maria V. Archbishop Viganò, 20 April 2021. Fria tutia infere habimandum, post activum pabeshach. I really don't know what I said, but I tried the best I can to read this. So, it seems that, guess what? We can't do, we can't, we, all we can do is pray. We can only pray that something will turn out right. Christ is in control. We, there's nothing to be afraid. Christ foresaw all these terrible things that will happen and happen they will. But the important thing is that we remain holy. Isn't it amazing? I know some people might think, but the chosen is a Protestant thing, but look about, look at it. It is speaking to everyone. It's fulfilling a need where a lot of these pastors and bishops have abandoned. They have abandoned us. They're obsessed with their, whatever, uh, what do you call it? 
sin. These pastors don't want to don't want to preach. They don't want to preach anything. It's sad. It really is sad. All right, I'm going to end it here. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm very exhausted. It's been a long day. I had to do this because I felt it was important to put this out. So uh, check it out. Um, it's very important. One thing he says here, uh, at last Salat, Our Lady warned us, Rome will lose the faith and become the seat of the Antichrist. So it's not that it hasn't been predicted. I mean, it has been seen. It's been foreseen and it is, it is happening. Do not lose the faith. Trust Christ. Amen.